The Mighty Whites podcast is recorded at the Medicine Room Studios. For more information, visit medicineroomstudios.com. Welcome to episode 49 of the Mighty Whites podcast. I'm Qatari billionaire Jack Robshaw and I'm joined from Portland by also Qatari billionaire KC. I believe that's Shake KC. Shake C. I'll go with that. Cool. Uh, well, obviously we will come on to the proposed takeover that I think has already been kind of scuppered before we've even got here, even though it's only happened a couple of days ago. Uh, and I'm not too disappointed to be honest, but the main news yesterday... We've actually done a thing properly, and Marcelo Bielsa is staying. Yes. Best uh, best news of the summer? Definitely. I mean, we've no one was kidding. Keeping Bielsa, I honestly think, was more important than if we got promoted. Yeah. Um, it, it's, it's so good to have this tied up, and I think everyone had been speculating since a couple of those pictures came out that we spoke about last time. Uh, the fact he seemed to be still talking to the club and at least seemed interested in staying on. And I think it was one of those things where the longer it went on, the more terrified we would all become. So it's great now that we're not even in June yet and that it's already confirmed he's going to be here for another year. Yeah, well, although it's a different calibre of manager with the Monk thing, it started out as he's staying, there's no real issues and he ended up going. So I'm really glad it's. I'm really, really glad this is done and early as well. Yeah, the fact that we're still in May and it's done is a really good sign. Yeah, and I, I think realistically, I, I I can't see too much changing from last season. Hopefully, he gets a a slightly bigger uh, transfer budget. But outside of that, I don't think too much will have changed. I think he's, I think he's still got a lot of free reign. To, to do what he wants. I, I think the fact that we were still consulting him about changes to the training ground, uh, I think it all kind of indicated that we absolutely wanted to keep him and that he was still interested in, in I, don't, I don't want to come off all Gary Monk here, but the project. Yeah, he, um, Leeds have agreed to make the several changes to the training ground that he wanted, including a one-kilometre running track, apparently. Which yeah. a normal running track's four hundred meters, so that'll be fun. Yeah, he, he's not a fan of laps; he just likes lots. He likes far, <laughs> just one big lap. Yeah, and they've said though, and it did say, and quote, meet his demands in the transfer market. Quite what those demands are, we have no idea. Get me another Gianni Alioski. I need two of those mad bastards. You don't get many athletes with head injuries. <laughs> It's the only explanation I can come up with for Alioski, I'm afraid. <laughs> Explains the enthusiasm and everything. Yeah. Um, yeah, they've said that they'll meet his demands in the transfer market, but we're not going to be, you know, chucking a load of money out at it. Radrizani's already said it will be a difficult summer in terms of finance, which you would say to an extent anyway, because if we did have money, you wouldn't want anyone knowing it. But the rough calculations are that Leeds are going to be about 20 million down over the last two years on FFP, so I could only lose another, what, 13, 15? Yeah, so... And the operating the operating loss of the club is 20. Yeah, so I think that that's where you kind of expect to see at least one big sale, probably two. Yeah, definitely. Definitely three. Five, ah, oh, not five. Don't sell five of them. 
Yeah, that is, of course, unless we got taken over by the Qatari government slash royal family. I don't think I'd feel great about that, if I'm honest. Now, Qatar Sports Investments, the story was in the Financial Times that they held talks with Radrizani over the sale of the club. And that was the headline that sent Twitter mental. But the actual story was he's talked to them and he's talked to five or six others. Yeah. And it's basically saying that they've been looking to get into English football for a while, which they have. And they identified Leeds. But Phil Hay was quite quick to come out and say, well, I've spotted at club and Radwizan is not selling this summer as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, and uh, I, I'm trying to remember who it was now, but someone did quite a good thread that uh, Phil Hay retweeted as well, that even with the investment, if they came in as 20% shareholders, say, there's still only a limited amount of money that could be put into the club. Yeah, with FFP, you can't just chuck a load of money. Well, I mean, you can. But if it goes, but if you don't go straight up, you're dead. Yeah. All right. So here's a question for you: in terms of uh, investment rumors and takeover rumors that have, have come about in the last couple of years, would you rather have the Qatari government or Red Bull? Red Bull by a mile. Ooh. Mm. Uh, well, I wouldn't want them to change the name to Red Bull Leeds, but as far as I'm aware, Red Bull don't have migrant workers come into the country and take their passports so they can't leave, nor do they, like, kill gay people or anything like that, which the Qatari government does. But we might play in red, so, you know, it's, it's a little of A and a little of B. Yeah, I, won't, I wouldn't want Very either. Very tough to choose between. I did, I did say on Twitter that um, when it comes to football, we're all hypocrites. I'm very much included. If the Qatar, if Qatari government bought Leeds United, I wouldn't stop supporting them because it's too late now. But... I wouldn't be happy about it and I would I would have to think about stopping going. I would probably still end up going. In fact, I'm about 95% sure I would. But at least for one more season. Well, I would this season because I've already bought my ticket. And I'm still a Yorkshireman, damn it. <laughs> but like it wouldn't be good the I mean, it's not like I would have no problem with a Qatari businessman buying us because it's not it wouldn't be an individual citizen's fault. But the problem is that the Qatar, you know, Qatar Sports Investments is a subsidiary of the Qatar Investment Authority, which is a state-owned business. So you, you yeah. cannot separate this money from what their government does. And I'm sure that I would be as much of a hypocrite as anyone else if, if Leeds bought a load of players and went up. I'd be the one jumping up and down just as much as everyone else. But I would have to make peace with the fact that I am a hypocrite. If I do that. So I, I would, I'm perfectly content with the way that the club is run. It's annoying that we lose money, but I don't think that it's being like running to the ground like it was before. I think now it's realism rather than actually being a twat. Yeah. And, and I don't know if this helps, but um, I, I'm already content with you being a hypocrite. So, you know, you're already halfway there. Oh, well, that's good to know. Uh, would you want the Qatari money? No, but I'm not averse to as being good either, and, um, and that is often the, that is often the problem. <laughs> I think. I mean, don't get me wrong. The the truth is that even if we did go up, like I mean, a lot of Adrizani's money and stuff still has links to Qatar and everything, so it doesn't make us. It doesn't make everything great. Like there is still problems now, but and I mean, just just think where we were this time last year. We're in Myanmar. Yeah, and I was fucking furious. <laughs> uh, you know, it's. I think, unfortunately, the world the world we live in now, the the people that have the money to 
invest in football are never going to have the best backgrounds. Yeah. Can't Bill Gates buy us? I mean, he wants to give away like 90% of his money anyway. Can't he give us it? Yeah, I don't know if you saw actually. He he basically he said how much money he was going to leave for his kids. And it was surprisingly little. Yeah, he said he's... I remember it being something like, I'm going to leave them 1% or something. So they're only going to get a billion. No, no, it's not even a billion now. The last I saw it, it was like 20 million. Which, in the grand scheme of things... In the realm of him. <laughs> you've, you've been brought up with unlimited resources. 20 million is not, not really unlimited. I mean, you could live well off it. I wouldn't say no. Yeah. And I suppose it's one of them things, money. Yeah. Money is obviously important, and there are several ways to make money. And one of the ways it appears is you go to Spain and potentially allegedly throw matches. Yeah. Well, it's an odd one, is this one. I think we were all caught off guard a bit with uh, Samu being dropped in this. Arrested, then not arrested. Yeah, I was going to say the original story said he got arrested, but that appears to not be true and he submitted a voluntary statement, which is something that you normally only do to stop yourself being arrested. He's on, uh, I think he's on holiday already, by the sounds of things, which seems to be one of the reasons he's not been brought in for questioning. Yeah. Um, from what you can piece together through various stories, there's quite a lot of people been arrested, a number of players and a load of club officials. And it's claims involving matches over the last three years. Uh, uh, of people that I've seen actually named, there was ex-Real Madrid defender Borja Fernandez, and also ex-Real Madrid and ex-Legion United, Raul Bravo, who apparently, yeah. Bravo is like the ringleader of this whole thing. This is It's stories like this that I, I always love when, uh, to kind of hype someone up in a, in a new story that, they then get called a star because you just hear the words X Real Madrid star and you just think, hmm, it's very tough to call Raul Bravo a star. Yeah, it wasn't even a Leeds star. No, uh, but yeah, apparently Raul Bravo, the man running running the uh, some some match fixing in in Spain. Yeah, I think his charge is being a member of a criminal organization involved in corruption and money laundering. Uh, apparently, there's a load of suspicious betting on uh, a Huesca a match in May 2018. It was a penultimate game, which it should be said, Saez had been at Leeds for a year by then. Uh, there was also some on a 2-0 win for Valencia. This seemed slightly confusing when I saw this, that the, the charges were kind of levelled at him while he, from, while he was at Leeds. Uh, I don't know if that's just because he was involved in less on the match-fixing side or... If he's just a money man in all this, I don't know. But I, I don't think it was the news any of us expe were expecting to hear in the summer about Samu Saiz. No, um, it's a bit weird because although that's the match that's been named, there's been other matches involved and apparently it's over the course of three years. So it could mm. be anything to do with that. Uh, one of the main parts of the investigation is Huesca's president, Agustin Lasalsa. And obviously that's where Leeds got Saiz from. So it could be that maybe there was something the season before that we don't know about. I ought to uh, maybe have a check round work and see if anyone remembers anything. Some suspicious betting activity. Mm. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how this affects him now because obviously it, it didn't look like he was he was going to get his move to 
Getafe, but there was seemingly still interest in him. Whether that will continue will be... uh, Oh, sorry. What the hell happened there? Remains to be seen. Sorry, my voice nearly broke. Yeah, um, finally hit puberty. <laughs> Twenty nine. Yeah, I could see this putting a lot of clubs off buying him, which could be a bit of an issue for Leeds. I think it makes him appealing to Italian clubs for some reason, but I couldn't tell you why. No, legally you could not. No, I think that um, one one other thing that is weird though is I wouldn't expect any of this to move quickly. If I were you. No, such as the nature of the Spanish police. No, there's a trial in September related to the alleged fixing of a match between Levante and Zaragoza. And that match took place in 2011. <laughs> uh, so that's very right for the Spanish police. So, yeah, I, you know, it might be that we see a 37-year-old Samu Saiz in the dock <laughs> at some point. Uh, obviously, we've Ugh. said there that it's going to make it interesting whether we can sell him or not. I mean, you never know. If nobody wants him, he might have no choice but to come here and he might have a real point to prove. I probably want to run to somewhere like Qatar. Yeah. And it all comes full circle. On the outs, uh, O'Kane apparently has been made available as is Debock. Kibitsky's off to Elfsborg, by the sounds of it. Ekibanta traps on, so it's pretty much done. None of them really need much saying. Uh, Tom Pierce has apparently been made available, and I do wonder, has he been a bit unlucky? A little bit. You know, I think we definitely saw glimpses last season from him of some talent in there. Um, clearly, whilst we have Barry Douglas and now I think Jenny Alioski's definitely, um, you know, definitely held now as a left-back in Bielsa's mind, I think... And then you've got Leif Davis as well. All of a sudden, it I think it becomes very difficult for him. Yeah, it's a shame because I, I mean, anyone who's been listening for a while will know I really rate him. But uh... I, I think the best, I think the best thing we can hope for now is is if if he moves, hopefully we can get a decent, uh, you know, percentage of his his next sale if anything comes of him. Yeah. Uh, speaking of percentage of next sale, the other main one that's happening, we've. We won't go through like that. We'll probably leave going through sort of the whole squad until whatever the next one is and what we reckon will happen and stuff. Uh, yeah. But one that seems to have some legs is Jack Clark to Spurs. Uh, depending on yeah. depending on where you read, we've either we've turned down a bit of about ten million, is what it sounds like. Uh, I don't know whether it's right or not, but obviously we don't want you don't want to lose him, but. Is, what do you, what's your price in your head? Uh, I think we could hold out for sixteen million. I would say. I think I think that'd kind of be the upper limit, maybe. Is that just flat fee done? No, I think obviously maybe. I think you'd need you'd want your sell on percentage in there, and maybe I think uh, an extra million or two if and when he makes his England debut. But I think if you're getting that much money, then you're not going to get too many more add-ons than that. Yeah, I think it's important to get a good sell-on fee percentage, even if it means knocking a couple of million off the fee. Because I think yeah, say, because... something like a 20% sell-on fee could be worth a lot more than the two and a half million. Yeah, because I think that you know, if you get if he does really well and then he gets a huge money move to Manchester City, then all of a sudden you know 20% of you know 60 million 
or something daft like that, yeah, which, you could end up raking in a fair bit. Which isn't impossible, even though, hand on heart, now, I don't think that's what's going to happen. He, his affections have been taken by Jamie Shackleton, basically, for me. I would, I mean, yeah. in an ideal world, I don't want to sell any of us big players, but I know that a couple are going to go. And I'm starting to think that the, the one we could cope with losing the best is probably Clark. I mean, realistically, you look at the... I know they've they've both kind of made their mark this season, but they've also both not featured massively. No. Clark, Clark had that spell from kind of December for a couple of months where he was coming off the bench and started a few games. Obviously, he was unlucky with the kind of the virus he got when he was at, at the Middlesbrough game, and his, his form has been affected since then, but... Even Shackleton, as 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 much as we like him, he's someone who, up until the the, the playoffs, had probably gone about a good quarter, maybe even a third of the season without really featuring. So while it would be disappointing to lose someone of 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 their ilk with with the promise that they have, it wouldn't affect the team too greatly, I don't think. Yeah, because yeah, I, th- I think if one is going to go. And I think more than one will go, if I'm being honest. Because I've I've said before, I I don't think Roof's going to sign a new contract, so I think he'll go as well. Yeah, I, th- I think I think the Roof one makes makes sense now. I, although there's been no formal offer made, that does also indicate to you that just in preliminary discussions, they they are two parties who are completely apart in in their valuations. Yeah. Well, basically, he will want probably as a minimum, what Bamford's on. And I'm not sure how much that'll be, but you'd think as a minimum it's probably towards 30. Yeah, and I don't think the club really want to have two strikers on the books who it's likely only one of them's going to play regularly. So I don't think they want to have two highly paid strikers on the books for one of them to not feature every week. Yeah. So, realistically, just sell Pat. Yeah. <laughs> now, the, uh, there's a couple of little bits of news, just a weird one. Casper Sloth going to Motherwell. Didn't see that coming. Yeah, that was odd. Yeah, but uh, the main one is uh, Alfie McCalmont training with the senior Northern Ireland squad this week. Yeah, I saw, I saw that. Good, you know, good for him. Obviously, I, I don't get to see too much of the under 23s, and I'm. I'm very much reliant on you, but I know you've you've said quite a few favourable things about him. You know, it's good as as much as we talk about the likes of uh, Shackleton and Clark being kind of the uh, the crown jewels, as as Peter Ridsdale would have probably termed termed them. Um, we, we still have players like him, uh, like Gotts, um, who have who've been putting in great performances in the under twenty threes and. Are kind of making a bit of a name for themselves elsewhere as well. So if he can, you know, even impress with Northern Ireland, you know, it's another good step for him. Yeah. Uh, obviously, away from Leeds, there was the playoff final. Uh, Villa won two one. Did you get? Did you bother watching it? No. Nope. Didn't think you I would. Woke up and woke up and checked the score. Yeah. Um, and, I, and laughed. I did end up watching it. Uh, I, I missed some of it. Because I was, I wasn't so bothered that I wasn't going to get distracted. But I saw all at first half. Frank Lampard got his selection completely wrong. He tried. He basically 
did what he did in the second leg against Leeds by sticking two bodies up front, one of them being Mason Bennett and not realising that Villa don't play the same way we do. But they do they do research as well. Yeah. And he I, once I again they did research. He once again left Jack Marriott on the bench for no apparent reason. And he once he came on they were already two nil down. So yeah, Villa dropped off naturally, yeah. but they looked so much better as soon as Marriott came on. And he ended up scoring the goal. He did actually like flick off Wagon's sock on way in, but I saw on Twitter on my way here they have now officially awarded Marriott the goal, I believe, a few days later. Mm. But uh, the main story to come out of this for Leeds was a load of um, media people got really up themselves and hypocritical about Leeds on Twitter because Mr. Oh, Wi- no. because Mr. Wilson kind of rinsed Niall Horan a little bit, <laughs> saying, "I hope that when you were at Wembley, you played better than Derby did." Now I just uh, that's just a okay. good line. It's it's a good line. There's no. <laughs> There's a uh, quite a few bits with Niall Horan going on with Leeds abusing him. Yeah. Oh, uh, so one thing I love it in the in the short time it's been since the club kind of actually launched an official Twitter account, and it just been used as very much a functional tool to these last couple of years where we've really upped our Twitter game and. And join in with a bit of the the crack now, but yeah, it's good to see. It's good to see that there's no levels of pettiness. We won't stoop to to try and make people laugh. Yeah, it was a it was very interesting to see that pretty much all the ones that called us out and said it was disgraceful and not becoming of an official account and all of that. Nearly every single one, if you looked back through their tweets, there were. There, those tweets of them praising other Twitter admins for doing the very same thing. The best one being uh, Mark Clement, who was on the Football League highlights when they were on BBC, wasn't he? Clem. Yeah. Uh, who literally had to go back to after the second leg of Derby v Leeds, where he was talking about how great Derby's Twitter stuff was. Mm. Yeah. They, uh, in fairness to him, to give him credit, because it didn't go viral like his original one did, so a lot of people probably didn't see it. He did actually respond to a couple of Leeds fans going, yep, fair point, you're right, my bad. Going, yeah, I didn't think that through, I should have called them out for it as well, you're right. This is this is the thing with, with Twitter now, and I know it kind of gets used for other things than football fans and people in, in football kind of abusing each other. But unless you're a Robbie Fowler tweet and delete kind of guy, well, this stuff sticks around and it's really not hard to dig stuff out. No, so if you say something that you get completely wrong, it will come back to haunt you. Much like when we go through our pre-season predictions in a couple of minutes. Yes. What could possibly go wrong? Yeah. But obviously there hasn't been a great deal of news and there isn't any massive sort of Twitter rumours as of now. There was a guy walking around outside Elland Road earlier who looked a bit like Rafa Mojica who we were linked with, but it appears it isn't him. It's just some guy. It's just some guy. Uh, it looked like him to me, but I did. From, from I did South say Korea, in, just some guy. <laughs> I did say in the uh, tweet that I am really bad at recognizing people. So yeah, true. But I haven't seen any really juicy things to get into. I mean, there's been a bit of talk of Gale, but that has not been talk it really from anywhere credible. That's mostly just fans putting two and two together. I think. Yeah, he he wants out. We want a striker. Yeah, and. I do wonder if, because I think the thing that we really need to do this year is 
we aren't going to have any money to sign expensive players, so we have to nail as loans, even if they're too expensive. You know, even if yeah. it means going in and doing what Villa did and signing, you know, because Tam- they're probably paying Tammy, Tammy Abraham 55, 60 grand a week of his wage, at least. And it might mean doing a couple of them. And that's me just yeah. knocking things over. Just throwing the notes around, he's, he's lost it. Yeah, uh, I've only had one thought, actually, that I thought of earlier when I was talking to a friend of a podcast, Little Danny, because uh, he was just mentioning we need, you know, really big loans. We need, like, you know, Reese Nelson, Phil Foden-level loans. It doesn't mean them mm. specifically, but that sort of... And I did think of one because it was the only one that jumped into my head straight away, but you know that Emile Smith-Rowe from Arsenal? Yes. Yeah, it looked really good through pre-season, looked good in Europa League, and... He went on loan to Leipzig in Bundesliga, second half of last season, and didn't play enough, really. So it sounds like they're not going to be able to get him back next season because they didn't play him quite enough. I think he'd be a good one to try and get. Because mm. I don't think his I don't think his reputation's so high that he would be above playing in the second tier. Yeah. The the one I and I I don't know if he would drop down to the championship. But the bits I've seen of uh Eddie and Ketia. That's another Arsenal. one. I, I wouldn't be. I I wouldn't think he would, but it's possible. Yeah, I know he's made some appearances, but again, with the options that Arsenal have, it's. I don't think it's beyond the realms of possibility with someone like him. Because no, he scored on last day, didn't he, against Burnley? Yeah, and I've, I've seen him a couple. Again, typical sort of Arsenal thing. I've seen him in a few Europa League games and, and League Cup games, but. Especially if Roof was to go, he he does seem like someone that would kind of fill that role of your more pacey striker playing off the shoulder. Yeah. Well, it's like that's why there is, I suppose, that thing in my head of if someone did come in and offer, especially with one year left on his contract, if someone came in and offered nine million for Roof, would it be worth risking spending, I don't know, a million and a half of that on a loan fee for Dwight Gale? Yeah, it's, it does. It, it makes sense from that perspective, and I, th- I think when you look at the pretty much miss nature, of, I was going to say hit and miss, but realistically, when when the best loanee we've had this season has been Jack Harrison, who I'm starting to think will be here next season on loan again, just because Bielsa, Bielsa likes him, and if Bielsa likes him, he knows more than we do. Yeah, I think Bielsa clearly sees something in him, and and the splash is there. There's there's definitely something in there. Whether whether we can get that out of him, I don't know. And maybe having played, you know, a full season under under Bielsa in the Championship might have done in the world of good if he goes away now. Hopefully, he can kick on next season and and kind of add to what he's done. Because the annoying thing is, uh, and because of the nature of our last podcast, we didn't really gush about it as much as we probably should have done. His ball for Kemar Roof's goal in the first leg. It was brilliant, that. I was, uh, you'd struggle to find better passes than that. The, the only thing is doing it on a more regular basis. And unfortunately, I think as much as we quite like the combination of Alioski and Harrison on the left wing, mostly because Harrison was willing to do a bit more leg work when Alioski decided, no, I don't want to be a left back. It's two players whose end product is very, very unpredictable. Yeah. Um, but as with, oh, especially with it being Alter 
and Bielsa for that matter. I think that there'll be a lot of people from the board that we don't know all about. Yeah. And we'll we'll have to wait and see, really. The key for me, for a lot of this, is anyone we are getting, we need to get them in early. So they can get all of pre-season with Bielsa. Yeah, I, th- I think that is, I think you're right, I think that is a key thing. You know, I think, I think one of the things I'll always kind of give Bamford is that he, the combination of the fitness levels required under Bielsa and his injuries and... He was one of the ones that joined later, I believe. So yeah, it was always going to be, it's always going to be a bit of a struggle uh, the later you join. So hopefully he can, you know, if we can, if we need one or two, well, we do need one or two players, but if we can get them in early, get them in, make them drop the weight straight yeah. away, get get these ripped athletes in and have the else tell them, no, you need to lose another seven pounds. Yeah. Do it by next week. Do it by tomorrow morning. Running him on a treadmill whilst, you know, squeegeeing the back. <laughs> <laughs> Marcel Biela. Ah, it feels Ma- so right, but it feels so wrong. <laughs> <laughs> right. Speaking of oh, so I- wrong, shall we get on to our pre-season predictions? Yeah, I've honestly, and, and Jack has kind of withheld these from me as well. So I have no, I cannot remember any of the predictions I made. Um, so yeah, I'm looking forward to this. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll see. I will ask you what you think you said for someone and see what you can remember. Uh, for can you roughly remember the leagues where we were like for all of them we were five if you're correct, ten if it's the right place. Obviously, there were bonus points if you got all of them, but I can tell you now that didn't happen for any. <laughs> and lose lose ten if you're wrong by ten or more. Lose twenty if you're wrong by twenty or more. Right. Uh, I have made a couple of notes of of when one of us has said something particularly right or particularly wrong? Mostly wrong. Mostly wrong. Uh, so we'll start with Premier League. Uh, the note, I said it's Mourinho's third season, so they'll all fall out and he'll get sacked. And he did. Yeah. Uh, can you remember who you, what you said for the top four? Uh, in any particular order? Yeah, but if you can remember what order you said them in, I'd be more impressed. But uh, I'm going to say for my top four... Man City, Tottenham, Liverpool and Arsenal. Nearly. You had Man City first. Yep, seemed reasonable. Liverpool second, so you were right again. You had Tottenham third and Arsenal fourth. So you get 10 for Man City, 10 for Liverpool, 5 for Tottenham, nothing for Arsenal. I had Man City first, Chelsea second, Liverpool third, Arsenal fourth. I think that was both as willing Man Man U not to get back in the Champions League. Yeah. And we were right. And it worked. Uh, relegation I'll just go through I had Huddersfield bottom which they were I had Cardiff 19th they were 18th and I had Brighton do you remember what you had? I've got a sneaking suspicion did I put Crystal Palace in there? you did indeed you had them 19th I think Huddersfield bottom Palace and did I say Brighton as well? no you had you had Cardiff bottom you had Palace 19th and Huddersfield 18th Oh, it was very generous to this field then. Yeah. So at the end of that, for the Premier League, we both got 35 points. Ah, that, that's reasonable. Yeah, which isn't bad. Uh, championship, same rules. Uh, before I was eight, the one note we had, when we were going through relegation, because neither of us said them, I said the other team I was going to go with was Ipswich. And you said, yeah, they were my fourth as well. <laughs> <laughs> but we went wrong. Uh, we have our first minus tens. Oh, God. 
uh, because I had them winning the league and you had them second. Stoke. Yep. Who came 16th. <laughs> They've got Bojan. How does this happen? Yeah. I know Ken- he's been injured, but... Well, they came down with a great squad and then spent 10 million on a phobie and 9 million on Tomins and seven and ended up spending 7 million on Ryan Woods off Brentford. Who we raved about last season. Yeah, and had Joe Allen in midfield. How, how the fuck they ended up 16th, I've no idea. Uh, but obviously I've said my first and your second. You had West Brom winning the league. And I had them winning okay. the I had them winning the playoffs, so nothing. And I had Borough second and you had Borough winning the playoffs. Huh. So we didn't do well on promotion. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, fair enough. Uh relegation we did a little bit better. Uh, I got away with one because in 22nd I had Hull City. So I missed that. I got them wrong by nine. So I got away with it. Yeah, because they'd, they'd had a bad season last season, didn't they? They ended up finishing like 15th or 16th. I have just noticed an error in these notes because you have Bolton and have zero and uh, have zero points for Bolton, so you should have five more than you do. Oh, oh there we go. Yeah, 22nd you had Bolton, 23rd Rotherham. Fair enough. Can you remember who you had yeah. bottom? Uh, let's have a look. Digging through. I'm trying to remember who's in the league now. Because obviously my bottom two, I had Rotherham 24th and Bolton 23rd, so I got 10 points for Bolton and 5 for Rotherham. And you got... Out of sheer, out of sheer hope, did I go for Millwall? You did indeed. <laughs> so you got 5 for Bolton and 5 for Rotherham to cancel out your minus 10, so you got 0 points for the championship. Okay. And I got five because of having Bolton in the right place. <laughs> Fair play. Uh, League One. Any memory? I don't think either of us predicted Bradford City going there. No, we did not. <laughs> <laughs> As you're talking about relegation, we'll go with that first. Uh, I can't remember who's in the division. Uh, do you want me to just go through them? Did it, what did they have MK Dons in there? No, they even no in because they're, they're in League Two. Ah, see. <laughs> I don't know who's in the division. I just know there's Bradford. Yeah, you're, Not anymore, but... You can tell that you used a lot of um, just looking at the favourites. I, th- I very much went... I think I, I think as we did the predictions for this and League 2, I'm pretty sure I went on Paddy Power, picked two of... I think I picked, like, two of the three favourites to go down and then someone who was just outside... Yeah. I think that was my system. Right. Well, it, um, I'll be honest, for relegation-wise, it could have gone better for you. <laughs> okay. Uh, 24th, I had Walsall, you had Wickham. So I get five, you get nothing. Uh, okay. 23rd, I had Rochdale, nothing. You had Gillingham. They finished 13th, minus 10. Damn it. Uh, 22nd, I had Accurate and Stanley, you had Shrewsbury, Nothing. 21st, I had Shrewsbury, and you had Donny Rovers, who finished fifth. <laughs> <laughs> so that's another minus 10. Playoff winners, uh, play you were a bit unlucky, because I had Peterborough and you had Sunderland, who got beaten in the playoff final. Oh. Uh, we both, I'm just glad they did get relegated again. Yeah, we both had Portsmouth second, which wasn't a million miles off. And then, although we had them in the wrong places, I had Barnsley winning the league and you had Charlton winning the league, so we both get five for that. Okay. 
Uh, League Two is home to the two worst predictions. Okay, here we go. Of our week. Uh, we both had Macclesfield and Morecambe going down. They didn't, but they were down at date bottom, so nothing there. Playoff winner, you had Colchester, who I'm not sure where they came, but I think it was about eighth when I checked. So n- no points. Oh, okay. Playoff winners, I had Tranmere Rovers, who did yeah. indeed win the playoffs. Yeah. So t- 10 points. Uh, here is, well, you, you in third had Lincoln City, which is kind of, you know, it's a pretty good shout they won the league. So you get five points for that. I in third place had, um, well, what can only be described as a shocker with 23rd place Notts County. <laughs> there it is. Yep, just a disastrous pick. Having third and the finish twenty third is pretty bad. That's you would be going some to do worse than that. Anyway, uh, KC not as bad. Had Swindon in second, who came thirteenth minus ten. Okay. I had Lincoln City second, one off because one league five points, and I had MK Dons winning it also five points. Remember when I said you'd be going some to do worse, KC? Yeah. You had Notts County winning the league. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you held that one back from me, didn't you? Yeah. So I had a disastrous pick where I was out by twenty. I was out by twenty places, and you had them out by twenty-two. Were they off the back of a really good season? Uh, they got beat in the playoff semi-final last season, having finished with a really good run. And the kind of they lost to an offside goal, I think, in the playoff semi. And I think they had the biggest of. They had like the second or third biggest budget in the league. But they also then hired Harry Kewell. I was about to ask, if because that seems like a long time ago now, but I was going to ask if that was this season. Yeah. And he was only, the scumbag Kewell was only around for about three months, wasn't he? Yeah. Uh, for the European Cups, we did 15 if you're right, five if they're runner-up. We both had Man City to win the Champions League. They've got to some at some point. Yeah, but we got done by it's VAR. <laughs> Uh, you had Sevilla winning the Europa League. I had Chelsea. Ooh. So, depending on what happens in a couple of hours, I either get five points or 15. Okay. Uh, depending on if Chelsea beat Arsenal in in Baku. By the way, the fact that it's in Baku is a fucking disgrace. <laughs> yes, if a, if a player cannot be... Uh... Is told not to travel for safety reasons. You probably shouldn't be holding games there. Yeah. Well, have you seen? They said no. We can guarantee his safety, and the police have been like arresting Arsenal fans that have Mkhitaryan on the back of a shirt. Yep. Fucking ridiculous. Uh, Ch- <laughs> didn't Chelsea return like five thousand tickets or something? They only well. gave them like six thousand each, and they both returned a few thousand. But I'm not gonna have a go at any fans for it or anything. Oh, no. It's perfectly oh, reasonable. No, I wasn't saying that. Is- yeah, I wasn't saying that as in a, a Tim Pot way. I was thinking more, no, people are being reasonable about this. Going, no, I'm not going there. Yeah. Uh, we then had the Leeds predictions. Uh, one thing I will say is we had a discussion about Bamford or Abel Hernandez. And I said, God. the difference between the two is Bamford is 24 and doesn't have knees made out of biscuits. <laughs> so I think Patrick, two knee injuries this season, Bamford is allowed to blame me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, these, these things, they seem so long ago now. 
It's like saying something as a child and then being reminded of it when in adulthood. Uh, these predictions. Uh, right. Well, first one was will Marcelo be able to last the season? We both said yes. Five points each. Uh, can you remember who you said for player of the year? Probably Samu Saiz. It was not. Fifteen Ooh. points to KC. Pablo Hernandez. Ah, even better. I had Luke Ayling. Uh Young player of the year. Do you remember who you said? Uh, who'd made the breakthrough at this point? I say Tom Pierce. Uh, no, you had uh, Bailey Peacock Farrell. Oh, well, that made sense. I have a bugbear with Leeds United on this one because I'm right and they're wrong. <laughs> Go on. My pick for Young Player of the Year was Calvin Phillips. Yeah, he he should have been. If Raheem Sterling can be Young Player of the Year yeah. in the Premier League, Calvin Phillips should have been our Young Player of the Year. Calvin Phillips. Within like a week or so, it's he is a year younger than young player of the year Raheem Sterling. So if he's young enough to be in it, he wins it. Because I actually think if the, if they'd have done the vote at the end of the season instead of like back end of March, I think he'd have won it over Pablo. Yeah. So I don't get any points, but I'm right. Right. Actually, I'll tell you what I'll do, Kaze. I'll get Dom to cut in me talking about Calvin Phillips last time because I ended up basically talking about how him having more time on the ball will be better for him, all of that kind of stuff. One of them where you really get one right, so I'll get Dom to cut it in and I'll do it like that. Uh, young player, I believe, right, Leeds' young player goes up to like 23 years old, doesn't it? Something like I think I think it kind of stretches depending on the number of candidates we yeah, have. Yeah, it might even turn into 24 depending on when the birthday is. Yeah. Uh, so for young player of the year, uh, I've got... I've got someone who who has really impressed me and I think he's going to be looking at our squad a really big part of the team because of the way that Bielsa plays and I'm going for Calvin Phillips Uh, that's a good shout if if it does stretch that far I'd go with Calvin Phillips I think that him dropping in as that third centre-back because it's something that Leeds fans haven't really seen him do that much I think it's going to really like increase how much Leeds fans kind of respect the work he does. And because he's a yeah. bit deeper and won't quite have as much pressure on him, I think he'll give the ball away a bit less. Yeah. So I think I think this move will help him. There was there's quite a few like I thought about because I've I keep feeling like he's gonna start breaking through. I, I was tempted to put to say Jack Clark because he really impressed me in preseason. But I don't think he'll get the game time. Especially now we've got Jack Harrison in. Mm. So yeah, Calvin Phillips for me. What a clip, what foresight. Nailed it. I was like, there's a bit in that that you're really unlucky on because you actually said, uh, I am looking down at a piece of paper which says Jack Clark. Yeah. And then you changed your mind to Bailey Peacock Farrell. Ah, oh, so close. So you even so you could have had another 15 there. But I damn well should have had 15 because he should have won it. Uh, top scorer. Uh, I had Bamford. Who do you think you had? I've, I really hope I said Kemar Roof. Yeah, I'm sure you do. <laughs> Who did I go with? Um, well, maybe he'll do well on the prison team. Oh, Christ. Samu Saiz, who I believe why got Ward in the cup. <laughs> why, do I, why did I think he was going to be top scorer? I don't know. I really don't. 
uh, when we were talking about that, by the way, you know when, like I said, I've got a few notes of really dumb things. Having called the Phillips thing really right, I said Kemar Roof doesn't lead the line well enough to be a lone striker. Oh, there you go. Uh, wrong. <laughs> <laughs> no, you are wrong. Yeah, and then the finishing position, which I think, if I remember rightly, our rules were 25 if you get it dead on, 15 within one and five within three. Can you remember what you said? Oh, I'm going to say eighth. Dead on, that is what you said. Oh. Uh, and I was going to say eighth, didn't, because you did, and said fifth and got five points. I think. <laughs> <laughs> so you got me bonus points. Hey, you can thank me later. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, after for the 52 games that we played, you had 21 correct results and four correct scores for 61 points. And I had 15 correct results and three correct scores for 45 points. This is getting overturned. Uh, yeah, it is. <laughs> I've, I've, dro- I've dropped too many big ones. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you finish on 66. So out of all of the pre-season predictions, you only ended up up five points. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not good at maths, but as soon as you said 60, I went, oh, I've really lost a lot of points here. Yeah, so your your entire pre-season was plus five. Uh, I'm on 105, and I'm either going to be 110 or 120, depending on if Chelsea win the Europa League. Wow. So although you beat me by 16 on the games... It was the preseason predictions. I I think I thoroughly won. Oh wait, sorry, it's not sixty six. It's seventy one. That total ha- doesn't have that missing five from Bolton earlier. Oh, there we go. Yeah, <laughs> oh, it's, it's m- much more respectable there. Yeah. So that's uh, that's one all. The the annoying thing for me this season was, especially while I was home, I won no money betting on Leeds. Because I seemingly didn't bet on the things I was predicting. Yeah. Which seems stupid. Well, it's because you want to have two things that'll make you happy. Well, I clearly don't have money and I lost this, so... Yeah. Mm, It's not gone well. It's very much the reverse of last season for me, this. Yeah, this time we've both had an embarrassing pick with Notts County. that's, That's really quite poor. And it just goes to show truly how much we know. Especially about especially about League Two. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, the League Two. I deliberately didn't say the League One and League Two totals in case it might make you forget where you were in the overall. Because for League One, I got ten points and you got minus fifteen. And for League Two, I got zero, and you got minus twenty-five. Well, I'll extend it for this one then. Uh, twenty-five points. Who gives a fuck? We're Super Leagues and we're going up next season. Yeah, well, obviously we will do. All of this again next season. <laughs> With all our insight. <laughs> all of our massive insight that we clearly know so much about. And we, we, did, we did quite well on the Premier League, but that's not that difficult. <laughs> yeah, over here it's, it's easy to keep up with the Premier League. Like I have enough parents during games and practices that will come up to me and ask me, if, you know, talk to me about games. Same with the Champions League. It's not as if anyone's coming up to me during my practice going, uh, so what do you think of Swindon's chances this season? Nah, but maybe they should. Well, I, I, I'm trying to educate kids on Leeds, as it is. It's not going well. No. Uh, I'm not sure exactly when we'll be back, because aren't you off to New York soon? I am. Uh, yeah, New York this weekend. 
and then I've got a few days off, and then I start on summer camps where I've got to deal with more children. Yeah, so that'll be when it's slightly harder for us to work around. Luckily, it's also when there's hardly any football, so we've got loads and loads of wiggle room for when we do one. Yeah, we've got a... They say there's not much football, but for me, anyway, the emphasis over here especially is the Women's World Cup, which is obviously a big deal over here, Um, and the Copa America this summer as well. Yeah. I'll watch for Women's World Cup. It'll be... Good, and we've got a. Well, England have got a pretty decent chance. Yeah, it's Scotland in the opening game as well, so that'd be uh, that'd be an interesting one. Yeah, um, but as I said, I don't know what we'll do. Is we'll, I know we'll be back in a few weeks. By which point, we'll probably have some solid rumours and maybe even some transfers. Maybe Samu will be looking down the barrel at jail time. Yeah, I'll still be on holiday. One or the other. That'll be when we uh, have a look through and see like who we'd probably get rid of and stuff like that. But yeah. If you had to put your money on one player who would be gone, one player who anyone cares about who'll be gone by the time we next come back, like don't say, like there's no point saying Union or Kane or. Now he'll still be here. <laughs> I think I think the first one to go will be Roof because I think I think there's an urgency to get that deal done. Yeah, I I actually agree that it will be Roof, and I think that I think by the time we come back, if it's more than two weeks, which I think it will. I think that we'll have at least one in by then as well. And outside shot, the outside shot is Casilla. I did hear somewhere that we are still looking at goalkeepers, apparently. Yeah, Phil was in, but there's some sort, even though it's a, it was a four and a half year deal when he signed it, there's like, if we didn't go up, there was a break where both t- where Leeds and Casilla could go. Ah, shall we just call it? Yeah. So I think that might happen because he's on massive wages. Yeah, could be interesting. So anyway, that's one all, KC, and I believe that means you owe me a few beers. Uh, yeah, I will buy you a beer in November. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be fucking thirsty by then, <laughs> I can tell you that. Absolutely gasping, mate, come on. You know, I'll be in bits after, you know, we're 16 from Bielsa's quit. <laughs> Bamford's leading the line. Nah, mate. Player, player manager, Patrick Bamford. All right, Edmondson with Temenushkov off him. Oh, that's the dream. That's what's going to happen. Uh, so yeah, don't know when we'll be back, but when we do come back, it'll be episode fifty. Yeah, half century. It'll be. I didn't think we'd get to that many. And I'm sure there's people who wish we hadn't. Mostly Dom. <laughs> <laughs> Our long-suffering producer who hates football. <laughs> but, God bless that. Man. Yeah. So that'll do us. Uh, we're at Mike White's Pod on Twitter. The stuff we write goes up on through it all together, which is at thiu. It's all lufc. I. I'm going to try and do some season grades for all the players, probably either starting tomorrow night or on Friday, because that's when I'm finally not going to be on horrendous shifts at work. So look out for, look out for them. I'll promote them on Twitter. I'm working on a, a Twitter thread at the moment as well, which uh, will be sad and entertaining in equal measure. Sad and entertaining in equal measure. It's just like having a look at Casey's love life. And one <laughs> second... Yeah, there's a drum kit behind me. (laughs) Comes in handy. Yeah, weird way to end. Right, anyway, in a bit. Bye. Bye. (laughs)